Hi, this is Tony Lloyd. Interviewing people for many years has made me realize that everyone has a life story to tell. Be they sad, amazing, or even inspirational, I want to bring as many human stories to you as I can in this series of podcasts. Human Stories with Tony Lloyd. This time on Human Stories, I talk to Dr. Ruth Mary Allen, who's a certified brain health coach and a high performance coach. In the past, Ruth has experienced extreme stress and bad treatment from her university and later work supervisors, leading to severe anxiety and depression. I find out how she coped and eventually turned her life around to achieve the success she enjoys today, both professionally and personally. Dr. Ruth, uh, thank you for joining me on Human Stories. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Tony. It's really re- real pleasure to be here with you today. I'm really excited to share my story with everyone. Okay, that's great. Let's wind the clock back uh, a little bit, although you don't look terribly old, so that's quite easily done, <laughs> I think. Um, now, how did things start off for you, with you to get to where you are from, say, school age? What happened when you were at school? When I was at school, so... Uh, so I was very uh, interested in mathematics at school um, from, a, from a very young age. I went through uh, education being a, a fairly high fly, I suppose you could say. Um, went on to do my A-levels, uh, ended up at Imperial College uh, as a university of choice and studied my uh, first degree was in physics with a year in Europe. Um, which was a four-year course, but sadly, uh, as part of the uh, introduction to university life, I didn't work as hard as I ought to have done, um, and it ended up turning into a Bachelor of Science rather than Master of Science. So I still did the four-year course, but I didn't do the uh, Masters as I as I planned to. Um, and I was super frustrated with myself, as possibly people might appreciate, and that I wasn't really fulfilling my full potential. Um, and I ended up having a viva at the end to get my 2-1 that I got as part of my um, first degree. So I studied um, MSc um, and got a distinction. So I went back. I wanted to prove to myself that I was clever, mm. <laughs> um, that I thought, you know, as clever as I thought I was. And I worked really, really hard, far harder than I did in my first degree. Um, and that then allowed me the opportunity to go to the University of Cambridge, um, where the selection was was uh, very tough. Um, but I ended up doing a PhD in medical imaging, um, specifically terahertz technology. They didn't really know what the technology could do at the time. And my interest was in imaging of ca- cancer because my dad's mum had died of cancer. Um, so I would have had a fascination with that. So I ended up looking at the application of the technology for dermatology and specifically skin cancer and was able to differentiate between diseased and normal tissue using a particular technique. Mm. Um, and that was that was brilliant, but it also came with many struggles. Um, in particular, because I was very uh, much at the forefront of science at the time, Um, I was invited to a lot of conferences worldwide um, and there were frictions within the university I was at um, with regards to me going away to do these conferences and also obviously finishing my PhD. So it's like a clash clash of interests, I think. 
Yeah, so it's very competitive, and I, I really um, there was a an, one instance where um, my supervisor was hosting a event at the university that all the other students were invited to, but I wasn't. And I was contacted by a professor from another university asking if he could display my work. And I said, of course, but I'd love it if you, if I could come as your guest to the conference, mm. which was hugely embarrassing to ask the question in the first place. He was at my own university. Mm. Um, but he said, of course. So I did. And I went along. I didn't pay the fee and hardly any of the students had paid the fee anyway. And whilst I was there, I was um, approached by somebody from Italy who asked me, would I like to come and give an invited talk at, at their conference that I, they were having? And I said, of course, I'd, I'd love to. That would be fantastic. Um, and my supervisor told my supervisor and uh, he said I hadn't been invited to the event. I wasn't allowed to go. Um, and obviously I put my foot down and said, well, I have. Uh, but I'm more than happy to take your name off the paper, um, you know, if that's the case, if you not support me. And obviously instantly then I was I was able to go. But it was it was a really turbulent time just because of. Uh, so did he have a problem or she? Did they, did they have a problem with you for some reason? Do you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I was probably very arrogant at the time. Um, that this was all going on because of probably my head, you know, I became very successful and perhaps it, it got to my head a bit too much and I wasn't focused enough on finishing my degree. But also you, you, it's not the sort of thing you would turn away if somebody invites you to to a conference and they're prepared to pay all your expenses to go. Mm. Um, that's not something you would you would say no. say no to, particularly with the interest of, you know, getting your name out there. Yeah. Um, across as many publications as possible. So that was like the first difficulty I had in, in in terms of sort of life steps. So what happened after that is I was so uh, frustrated. That wasn't the only instant, there were more, but I was so frustrated with how the whole um, thing panned out. I wanted to help businesses activate and harness their full potential. Mm -hmm. So I um, started my own company straight off um, the bat of uh, finishing my degree um, and set about helping businesses both in the US and the UK who were emerging technology companies um, with the skills that I had from, from my PhD. Um, at the time, I didn't have enough project management skills. So that, was a, that was a struggle to get things moving. And so I ended up getting, falling into the project management space, working in uh, very large corporations and going up the project man project management ladder um, to become a performance manager um, and I, I really I sort of hit a, hit a ceiling and I was very uh, far removed ended up in the oil and gas industry I was very far removed from where I wanted to be which was back in medical imaging space how did you end up in so, the oil industry uh, just through connections so I started off in defense sector um, security and defense sector and the boss that I had who moved on to the oil and gas industry, uh, when I wanted to move, I contacted him and he offered me a job. And that's mm. just that's just how it sort of panned out. It often happens like I that, just, doesn't it? It often happens like it that. It does. With, with it's contact. all your connections. It's not. Yeah. yeah. Um, so at that point, I 
uh, I was um, just about to get married. I was done with the oil and gas, so I decided I wanted to go into the corporate world and better understand it from an employee perspective. And that's really where my journey shifted enormously. Um, so I went to join one of the big four um, in the corporate world and uh, with the expectation that I would be uh, leading multi-million pound projects. Um, I was on um, multi-million pound projects anyway, but I thought I would step into sort of near, near billion pound projects. And also that I could move myself back into the life science and healthcare space, which is where I kind of started my PhD and that's where I had all that uh, passion. Hmm. Um, but it couldn't have been further from the truth. Um, I felt like I went back many years, back back to my early days of project management in terms of the scope of responsibility I had. And that was a real shock to the system. And just a uh, corporate world was uh, so different um, in terms of what they were doing to what I was doing uh, from a responsibility perspective. And I found it quite a difficult shift because I felt like I was re I'd really gone back in time. And um, so I just worked really hard to, to get to where I wanted to, but um, it came at a price and the price it came was my health. So back in um, October 2017, or in fact, just before, I thought I was heading for promotion to senior manager in the corporate world. And um, I just put everything on the line. I put my health on the line. I'd given up family time. I'd given up my extracurricular activities. I'd given up learning and development. I've just lost sleep. Just really stressful year. I'd met all of my performance targets that they'd set as a firm. Uh, you know, I was I was at director level in terms of sales targets. I met my utilization targets. So how, how much you charge yourself out to clients, and I thought I was doing well. But when the performance review came, it turns out I was very, it was very much the opposite. And they decided um, that I, I was, didn't have enough of the softer skills that were necessary. And in fact, the firm told me um, that I had um, no emotional intelligence. One of the partners told me this, which I was absolutely horrified at. You're listening to Human Stories with me, Tony Lloyd, and I'm talking to Dr. Ruth Mary Allen, who's a certified brain health coach and a high performance coach about her struggles and her life. Obviously, you took uh, a big uh, knockback at that point uh, from what you were told. Um, and it's, it, it sounds very unreasonable to me because you'd done the best you possibly could and what have you. Do you think it was possibly down to bad management of you? Not your bad management, but your your uh, superiors. Well, I certainly don't think that anybody who's a good leader would um, would use the word. You know, it's like telling someone that you're that you're thick. You just don't tell people that. No. Um, it's just not the sort of thing that you put in black and white. If if you really care about the person that you're that you're mm. mentoring or that you're you're leading, so certainly. Bad management came into it. Um, I would say also um, there was clearly a clash of personalities and uh, and the fact that they had made a decision as to how they felt I was performing mm. um, and would use would find the evidence to support their perspective of, of my performance, irrespective of what I called the facts mm. around the 
around the year. And it was a tough year. We had tough clients. Um, you know, there were there were difficulties associated with the year for sure. But as far as far as I was concerned, the, the targets that were set, I'd met. Mm. Um, but obviously, it, 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 it wasn't enough. Do you think um, that um, looking at your life overall now, in retrospect, that you, you give yourself uh, too higher expectations, too, too bigger targets to, for yourself to, to achieve? I mean, there's nothing particularly wrong with that to give yourself targets and, and to go for everything. But do you think that uh, you are you might have in the past given yourself to uh, higher goals and the result then not achieve them exactly as you expected and then felt bad about it as a result? Yeah, there's definitely for me an element of perfectionism that I've been used to Mm -hmm. that probably doesn't serve me well. So uh, perhaps um, putting too much emphasis in the hard targets, for example, that I I thought I needed to achieve and not enough attention into the into the softer targets um but that says you know I had pretty good connections across the firm which was enabling me to get the the performances that I Mm. I was achieving from from the hard target perspective so yeah I do think there's an element of that that we we sometimes ourselves can set ourselves up for failure um to a certain degree but to be to be honest that you know it it wasn't the right fit I I just did not enjoy Mm. working in that environment it was a very toxic culture time to move on anyway with with your career I presume at that point yeah tell me what happened to your health then oh so um so that's not the whole story so um at the same time I was trying to have a family and um, just before I found out that um, I had no emotional intelligence, um, I had a miscarriage and I was, I was struggling to deal with the uh, loss of, a, of, of my child. Mm. Um, and it was very difficult to focus on looking after myself because obviously at the time, and, and as you know, miscarriage is a very difficult subject to talk about. It's very taboo, really. Yeah. Um, it was really difficult for me to acknowledge that I'd had that uh, miscarriage by virtue of the fact that I felt a biological failure. Mm. And then I was told that I was an emotional failure. So all of these things stacked Mm. on top of each other. Mm. And um, whilst I was going through this uh, particular performance review, my partner, the operations uh, unit partner at the time, was not supporting me in terms of uh, my career development, he wasn't supporting me in terms of taking time off work so I could do some other commitments that I had, he wasn't supporting my holidays. So all of the stress levels just stacked up. Mm. And um, and the firm also refused to offer me coaching, which is what I asked um, help for to get me through this perform- mm. uh, external coaching I asked for, they wouldn't give me any. Um, so I paid for it myself and I just started crumbling basically because I could just couldn't handle everything. And having put all of my energy into trying to prove to them in the firm that I was good enough, everything else fell down. So I ended up comfort eating. I ended up having struggling with relationships. Obviously, I was in the grieving process as well. Um, and, it, and it just became too much. And I started having suicidal thoughts um, purely by asking myself a question, I'm not good enough. 
you know what's the point um and my and my health suffered so um when your immune system crashes which is what was going on due to the high levels of stress i ended up getting sinus problems i was off work with sinusitis before christmas and at the time i thought well how can i help myself from a health perspective so i reached out for coaching i got a, an executive coach and they very much focused on and i paid for it myself they very much focused on my work but i needed to talk about myself mm-hmm. um so i i found high performance coaching through a friend who i used to work for and i i got myself a high performance coach and the coach i had was actually an emotional intelligence coach and also relationship counselor um and it was just transformational and i realized that actually you know no one in their right mind would tell you if they understood emotional intelligence that you have no emotional intelligence because it's all about empathizing with the other person's feelings so i realized that the the fault didn't necessarily wholly lie with me mm-hmm. and it, and the environment that i was in was ultra toxic um so one of the things i i decided to do was to <laughs> to leave the environment if you can't change the environment you're in then move then, on uh, you know you need to make a change yep Um, And that's what I did. So I set myself a goal to become the fittest I've ever been. I went to um, High Performance Academy in the States. Um, There I decided there was the time to hand my notice in at work, the time to take back control of my well-being and um, got back, handed my notice in and uh, set myself a course to lose as much weight as possible. And as I said, the goal was to be as fit as I've ever been. And in the next eight months, I lost 27 pounds. I felt amazing. Um, I chose to train as a certified high performance coach so I could help others experience the transformation that I'd experienced. And during the course of that journey, I found out about brain health coaching, which is all about understanding the brain and imaging the brain. So uh, using the images of the brain to better understand how our brains work and how we can optimize them, not just make ourselves feel normal, but make ourselves feel extraordinary. Mm. Before, we go, I, before we go on to that, uh, that, that subject, which is fascinating, just one more question yeah. about uh, your traumatic spell. Um, how did all that impinge on your, uh, your personal life and your relationship? I mean, it was horrific. And I think what I failed to understand, because you just, when you're grieving and you've dealt with such, such something so traumatic um, as a miscarriage, you you feel that it's your own fault, but you f- forget there's somebody else, you know, to, it takes two to, to make a baby. Um, and I completely didn't appreciate the impact it was having on, on my husband at the time as well, um, because he was also grieving so it it was very it was very hard on all of us but um even during the transformation going from absolutely rock bottom to to finding myself again finding the person that I wanted to be and that and that future me was was a struggle as well because you're going through multitude of changes Hmm. and your partner has to kind of catch up so um so that that became um a, a bit of a challenge but he was he was very supportive throughout so that's good um, yeah it was brilliant in that's the good. end okay <laughs> that's good phew um, I'm glad that it all worked out in the end I was dreading you saying something uh, negative but that's that's well fantastic. the actual um the 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 
amazing thing was obviously I I got involved in uh, brain health coaching and my husband and I we became I became very fit we we were, we were back to our sort of normal selves again in fact as fit I became lighter than I had been 20 years previously and we decided one of the um, bucket list items was to ski tour across the Alps from from France to Switzerland by the Hoyte route and um whilst uh, we were skiing across just before we went I know I noticed changes in my body and I said to my husband do you know what I think I might be pregnant and uh, we got back and it turns out I was and um and on Christmas day in 2018 we I gave birth to my baby daughter Lily wow fantastic so, yeah yeah so that's lovely. You know, I think what's the, the message is is you know if, if you're not in the right environment, mm. if you're if you're not doing what's purposeful to you. Um, you know, my theory, my theory is out. my theory is, and I'm not, nowhere near as qualified as you, obviously, um, <laughs> but I have been around for a while, and um, I always say that nature will sort it. You know, and it, you're right. If yeah. the environment's not right and uh, you're too stressed or what have you I think nature picks up on that and it will stop you having yeah. a baby uh, exactly yeah. and I think if I'd stayed in the firm I would you know one of one of the aspirations for joining the corporate world is it kind of gives you that buffer of protection mm. for when you when you do choose to have a family I don't think I would ever have had a family just because it no. was too toxic and yeah. too stressful so, so much better so tell know, me about your business now because we're running out of time okay uh, t- tell me about uh, I could talk to you all week so uh, which is great <laughs> tell me about what you do now and how you coach uh, other people so what I do now is I help people activate and harness their full potential through both high performance coaching and brain health coaching so I focus on coaching senior executives to retirees to professors um, both in the in the US and the UK really unlock, uh, help them uncover and unlock what's holding them back from achieving the next level of performance and potential in their life. Mm. Um, And it really, the programs that I do are are absolutely transformational for them. Um, We see one client reported an eight to tenfold increase in their effectiveness through the program that I've been on. And and it's been a stratospheric shift for them. How do you train somebody's brain very, very briefly? (laughs) Yeah, so so all of us have unique brains. Mm-hmm. Um, so how our brain chemistry works affects how we show up in life, and each one of us uh, has a, it will behave slightly differently. So through the techniques that have been developed by the Amen Clinics in the states, where they've scanned over one hundred and sixty thousand brains, I use the information that I've learned through brain health coaching to target the coaching to target the support um, to help people not only feel normal, uh, normal is kind of a myth anyway, but feel extraordinary. So know how that they can optimize, boost their brain power, boost their brain's performance, and really take back control of how they feel, how they think, how they act, how they connect, and how they sense their surroundings. So that's what I do. Stuff that you probably wouldn't, you wouldn't really think about all that, would you? We just get on with stuff and you don't think about how you're processing information. No, I mean, it's the equivalent to thinking about uh, 
you know, our en- our brain is the engine of our body. It runs absolutely everything from our heartbeat to to how we think, feel, act. Um, our immune system is connected to, strongly connected to our immune system. And what we put in our car engine is vitally important to how effective our car runs. So you wouldn't dream of putting diesel in a petrol engine or vice versa, but none of us, few, very few of us, pay attention to what we're doing and what food we're putting in our bodies to run the most important organ of our body, which is our brain. Is there a nutritional aspect to what you coach? Absolutely. Food food is medicine or food can really hurt our our brains and how we operate. And depending on your, also very much depending on your brain type. So Mm. how your brain chemistry is set up for you, you individually. So yes, it's very important. As part of optimizing our brains, so well, I think and brains run everything, right? From yeah. governments to <laughs> food industry to stock market. Some might say it's that's debatable. <laughs> but so, yes, I know what yeah, you mean. It's very important. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, um, thank you for talking to Human Stories and to me. Um, it's uh, been fascinating. Your journey has been amazing, and it just goes to prove to people listening to this that uh, no matter how many knockbacks you have and how many disasters you have, uh, that if you keep going um, and find the right environment and the, and be happy, then it all works out in in the end. Which is a great story to tell. Thank you very very much. Yeah. How do people find out more about you? I know you have a website. Yeah, so if people want to find out more about brain health coaching or high-performance coaching, they can visit www.ruthmaryallen, so R-U-T-H-M-A-R-Y-A-L-L-A-N.com. Okay, fantastic. Thanks again for talking to Human Stories. Thanks for having me. It's been a real pleasure. Human Stories is a free podcast with no fees paid to contributors in the hope that they'll somehow inspire and help other people. Get in touch if you've got a story to tell. If you or your organisation would like a professional podcast series to get your message across, contact me to chat about the very reasonable costs involved. Human Stories with Tony Lloyd.